So what the hell are we talking? What are we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Just uh. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> We've pretty much already talked about all we know about baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Good morning, and welcome to episode 100 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindbergh. Uh, joining me, as always, is Sam Miller, who I believe is not in the Honda Fit tonight. Is that correct? I'm sitting a few feet away from it to get closer to my Wi-Fi signal. Okay. <laughs> well, our guest who is chuckling will be disappointed because the Honda Fit is his favorite thing. Uh we hadn't planned anything special for this episode as of this afternoon, and then we decided to plan something special without actually planning much. Uh, so our original idea was to have Ke- Kevin Goldstein and Jason Parks on without telling each other that that they'd each be on, and then parent trap style. Yeah, and then mute ourselves and just record them talking and release it as an up and in episode. Uh, but rather than do that, we decided to just have Kevin on. So, uh, hello, Kevin. Hello, good potato. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, this is exciting. So we thought that we would start by, by breaking down tonight's three team trade, uh, you can <laughs> excerpts from scouting reports on all the players involved, uh, if that would be okay with you and, and all your bosses. I don't think it would be. Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, okay. Can I ask you, I actually, could I ask a question that is not about this trade at all, but is about all trades? And um, I think it comes up a lot on this show that Ben and I are sort of uncomfortable with our position of having to give opinions without actually feeling like we have the sort of uh, insight or insiderness necessary to really fully judge these things. And you now have been inside, you have a sort of a sense of what sort of unpublished information goes into moves. And I just wonder, do you think it is possible for uh, people like us to accurately evaluate any move? Is there value added to our job? And if not, can we stop doing it? Uh, I, I think there's no way you can have all of the information that you'd need to properly analyze it. I think you certainly can analyze it and probably... Uh, you know, have some insight or add some insight, but you're certainly always missing some information. Uh, you know, what are the I, the question I get? I've gotten a lot of people is like, you know, what have you re- what have what have you learned? What has been surprising since you kind of moved from being you know part of the media to to working for a team? And, and one of the real the, the biggest things is like, you know, MLB trade rumors. Who who I mean, does an amazing job. We're all in the suite, like refreshing it every 15 minutes. Everybody else's, every team reads it. You guys all read it. it it's constantly being hit, but you realize pretty quickly that, you know, the, the, the biggest kind of contributors, if you will, to that call, you know, guys like, like Ken Rosenthal and then John Morosi and then Buster and Heyman, those guys, and you add it all up and all the beat writers and you add everything they have up there and you realize they probably got about 8% of what's going on. Somewhere around 8%. That's my guess. And, and there's for every one thing you see, there's 12 things going on that you don't know about. But how much does any one particular team know about? I mean, you're. you're talking- it's a good question. I mean, yeah, that we. I think we only know what's going on with with our team, really. Um, you know, we, we certainly hear some rumors stuff, but we really only know what's going on with the Houston Astros. That's the only thing we absolutely know that's going on. But you know, I am always surprised to see that you know 
there's always little things starting up and it could just be like the smallest of conversations that then and you know a, a hundred things start 10 of them actually get down a path at all and maybe one becomes real um and so that that's kind of been a big surprise is how much actually is going on that uh you know before you just had no idea mm-hmm. uh i was like yeah i was actually gonna ask you did you the second you got access to everything, did you go back and start reading years of old scouting reports just to see? Yes, I stayed up just, all night. <laughs> just to see <laughs> what you were really, missing? Like, oh, man, I wish I had known about that when I ranked that guy there. It was like my, I think it was like my second day. And they said, oh, yeah, here's your password to all the, to the server and all the reports. And uh, I just sat here all night and read scouting reports. It's all, I, I literally, oh, I stayed up all night almost. <laughs> you were you were so well sourced though before, um, and well sourced within so many different organizations. Do you feel like you have a better view of um, of prospects around you know around baseball now that you have access to the raw data, or uh, was it better when you got a little bit from everybody? I mean, are you limited by the fact that you're only talking to Astros guys now? Not really. Am I, the way I always put it is like you know if if you. Yeah, obviously I had a lot of sources, but if I have constant access to our scouting group and and they're good, I have way more access than I ever did before. You know, if I have daily, every day access to 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 our team of pro scouts as well as well as our amateur people, I have way more information than I had before. Um, just because the access is constant. You know, you didn't want to bug your sources that much before. You just hit them here and there. You talk to them, you know, whatever, once every couple of weeks or once a month, and kind of go over what they saw. I have access to everything they're seeing right now. Everything. And, and it's more information. Do you think that the gap is bigger between what's out there publicly on the, the stat side or the scouting side? Is it possible to say, I mean, the best people on the internet doing analysis about prospects versus the best people on the internet doing analysis about stats? What's the bigger gap between what teams are doing and what the internet is doing? It's a that's a great question. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I will say, I mean, we do care about what's being you know, written about our prospects and, and other prospects. I mean, I know I've been you know reading Jason's lists, and you know that there's valuable information there because Jason talked to a bunch of people that are not involved with our group, and basically we're getting a sense for how the, the industry sees those players, and that's valuable information on, from coming from a lot of angles. That's really valuable information um, on the stat side. You know, there's a lot of, of relearning of things. Um, there's a new language to learn. You know, we have our own uh, our own acronyms, if you will. You know, we have numbers and, and, and names for numbers that, that mean something that you've never seen on a website anywhere. They're just kind of internal in our little world, and they mean a ton to us. And you have to kind of relearn what all these things are. And, uh, you know, working with, with, with Sig and Mike, who, who head up our analytics group, uh, Mike Fast, of course, from you know, XBP, um, they're doing amazing stuff. And, and But you do, or at least I did, I mean, you have to relearn a lot of things. You have to, to look back and go, well, I don't even, I'm using this number all the time. I don't even know what that is. And get it explained. You go, oh, okay, I get that. And, and just get a general sense for how we're calculating it because some of it's above my math skills. But you know, I think, and and you really, you know, each team has probably something like that. They have their own number, their own acronyms, their own measurements. And um, at the same time, every team has their own scouts and their own scouting information. You know, one of the one of the first things I did was design uh, our our pro scouting form for for 2013, and then I did that in you know where I worked with with Sig and Mike to design it. Cause there's aspects of it that 
uh, you know, need we need to gather information that that they're going to be using. The analytics group is going to be using, and that's something that we're doing. It's really, you know, kind of exciting and cool. Uh, but you know, I don't I don't know where the gap is. I just think that you know, the sense that you know we are a a professional baseball team, and you know, our budget is bigger than than yours. It means that we're putting a lot more resources into it, and therefore we have more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you used to have exciting guests on Up and In, you would ask them to take you through a typical day in their life. So I guess we can do a typical day <laughs> in the life of Kevin Goldstein, pro scouting coordinator. I, I don't know what a typical day is yet. <laughs> well, um, typical day on the road, typical day at home, yeah, I guess. Thing, like, you know, I, like I've, I've have, I have days at home. Um, you know, I went to our instructional league. I did, uh, you know, a little more than a week of, of coverage in the Arizona Fall League. Are you in DeKalb right now, by the way? I, I didn't even ask. Yes, right now I'm in DeKalb. What's the weather I, in, in DeKalb and the neighbors and cold and crap? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but so I'm home right now, but I mean, I did instructs in Florida. I did Arizona Fall League coverage, like my first pro scouting assignment. Um, you know, I've had a few trips to Houston, obviously. Uh, I went to Nashville and, you know, we did the winter meetings. And so, you know, there is no typical day. The one thing about your typical day is, you know, whatever's going on, chances are something could happen to turn into an atypical day. Um, and that's the thing. There's a lot of reacting on a daily basis. You know, things come out of the blue that you have to react to and, and become involved with and then state your opinion on, um, which is awesome, which is, you know, which is totally great. I mean, there, there's there been a lot of surprises in this job and a lot of things I didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, but all of them have been really good, you know, and that's not supposed to happen. So I should probably shut up about it and uh, sort of curse it. But, you know, there's not really a typical day. You always have a few tasks in the back of your mind. and You get as much as those in while constantly kind of dealing with the present and now of what needs to be taken care of right now. You know, things that are that are pressing, things that are going on, um, decisions that are being made. Those are always kind of up front in the back. You kind of have this series of things you're trying to get done and get ready for um and, and you don't have much time i just I mean we got this press release today and i was like oh man you know pitchers and catchers report in in 60 days mm-hmm. two months You're like man i got we have a lot to do in two months <laughs> and so uh, you know I, one of the great things about it is i mean someone asked me today are you overwhelmed and i said i'm overwhelmed all the time and it's fantastic um so yeah i mean it, you, you you don't know what's going on and you don't know what's going to happen every day and i think that's one of the things that that really appealed to me when I was making a decision to do this. This must be cutting into your Japanese RPG time significantly. <laughs> you're, you're just around the start time or so, eleven o'clock. <laughs> Persona Four, big fan, game of the year. <laughs> um, so I asked Jason if he had a question that we should ask you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I will not repeat some of the questions that he suggested. But uh, he said I should tell you that he saw John Torturo tonight at the Nets game and that he looked magnificent. Um, but his, his question, which I was going to ask you anyway, is uh, what you miss the most about your faux fame. Um, not a ton. I actually kind of dig not being out there anymore. Um, like, you know, obviously, you guys know, I used to tweet a lot. And um, I just saw a tweet from someone in your timeline from yesterday where he was like, you don't tweet anymore. What's what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? 
keep this. I still get those once in a while where people like asking me about some prospect. And there's this one guy who asked me a fantasy football question every week. <laughs> like he, he copies like real fantasy football people like Matt Barry, DSPN, and, and then for some reason I'm on. He's like, should I start this week? I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah, my name. Um, Do you still get calls for radio hits and stuff? Because you were, no, you were doing that boys. 10 times a day. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I'll still get like a tweet with a question about some guy, and you're like, dude, I can't, I don't do that anymore. But it, 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 it uh, you know, weaning off of it actually took way less time than I expected. Um, you know, it was a really big day. It was a Friday when when it got it came out and it got announced, and um, and it was kind of a it was kind of a wacky four or five hours with a lot of laughter and 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 frankly some tears, and it was it was an emotional day. And, and there was a, I was watching a game on, and it was Friday night. It was a West Coast game, so it was very late. And and something interesting happened, and I went to tweet about it. I went, oh, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, I can't do that. Um, and then by Sunday or so, I was I was done. I was good. And I thought it was, I thought it'd be much harder and, and take much longer. Um, yeah, I think the thing I miss the most is is just kind of interacting with with the fans. That was that was always kind of the most rewarding thing, especially. I'm not going to lie to you, Ben, and I don't want to hurt your feelings here. I don't miss writing at all. <laughs> uh, I do miss the podcast. Yeah, um, we all do. Which was great. But I, you know, I still talk to Jason all the time. I saw Jason for quite a bit when we were in Nashville, and we got to, um, you know, hang out for a bit on Wednesday night before the Rule Five. And um, but you know, I still talk to Jason. We just don't record it, and so. You know, I miss maybe sharing that, but it's not like I miss the show that much because we have very long conversations about all sorts of things. It's just kind of our little show now. I was talking to a team source after Nashville who said that you were a winter meetings superstar. Would you <laughs> would you care to comment? I, based on what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. The snazzy suits, I guess, or... The, <laughs> you you reached across the aisle. You're like the the internet guy who's inside, and you everyone knows you. And you, I mean, we have Mike Fast, and there's all sorts of guys who start off doing this. They're working for teams. It's not. I'm not the. I'm you know, It's not like I'm the first guy to do it. It's not like I've broken any ground. Um, yeah, I, I I wore suits for a reason, which is I don't have in between. I'm kind of stuck. I don't have. I have like what I'm wearing right now, which is like jeans and an indie rock T-shirt. Or I have suits, you know. I don't have that that middle ground, and so I mean, I wasn't going to wear this, so I wore suits. Not that actually very comfortable in a suit, and so you know I don't I don't know I'm not a rock star, and I think it's I I, I am uncomfortable with that sense in the sense just because you know I'm the guy people know right, because mm-hmm. um, I can, you know I was in the public eye, and we have a whole front office of people, like, you know, crazy smart people that you don't know. They're having huge impacts on what we're doing with the team. You know, I'm just and, – and I am just and very thrilled to be just, you know, a, a gear in the machine that, that's hopefully doing my part. Mm-hmm. Was there any, I guess, skepticism or resistance from any quarter on, on the idea of an internet guy or a guy who kind of got his start on the internet moving right into your position, which was – I mean, pretty much unprecedented, I guess. Obviously not within the Astros who hired you, but I mean, was there any any feedback at all from people like this guy hasn't hasn't come up the the traditional way that people who get this job come up, or I mean, anything um, like that? 
I mean, it's, you know, Peter Gammons wrote about some of them. Uh, you know, I, I haven't heard them. They, they don't get in my face or anything like that. And I really think that they're a tiny minority. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been nothing but well-received from, I mean, obviously the Astros have been fantastic to me, but, you know, from people in the industry in general, I've been nothing but really well-received, um, really warmly, both from, and, and a lot of it from people who I didn't know until I got the the gig. You know what I mean? Um yeah, I, I know that there's been some remarks made, and, and I know, and, you know, and, and I know Gammons wrote a few of them, and, and you know, there's a couple dirty looks here and there, and I get it, I, and I totally appreciate it, and I understand where they're coming from, and, um, you know, the, the only thing, I don't really, I can't really care about them, the only thing I can do, my job is to, you know, make the, the Houston Astros a better team as best I can, and, and, to, and to help this team, you know, build what we're trying to build here, and it's, it's a pretty big goal. And that's really all I can worry about, you know, and right now, you know, based on where we're at, I mean, that, that, that's really the only thing I can focus on. I don't really, you know, I've, I've done pretty well in my life, not really caring what other people think. Um, so why start now? Has, has anything, though, uh, that you ever wrote about a prospect, about an organization or about an executive, uh, have, has, it, has anything come up? Have you looked back and thought, uh, you know, it's too bad that's out there in public? Uh, no, no, it's never, it's never come up. And you know what, honestly, you know, even when, you know, when I was writing about baseball every day and, and, and obviously, you know, I was a professional critic. That was my job. Um, teams always took it well. People I knew with teams always took it well. You know, even if I wrote something, you know, saying I don't like this move or I don't think this player is as good as they think this player is or whatever. Um, I never got anything but really kind of respectful disagreements. I, I, I had, in my decade or so, I had two what I would call real incidents with teams, and and both of them were resolved quickly. Um, you know, uh, and both were based on on things I wrote. And you know, when I think about the people who got in touch with me, really angry, really, really angry. Um, both of them are people who, uh, if I saw them in Nashville, I didn't run into either. But if I saw them in Nashville, it'd be very much a, a very pleasant. How are you, Kevin? It's good to see you. Well, that's surprising to me because it was so well documented that you hated every team and all of yeah. <laughs> and all of their prospects. Exactly. You think yeah, that would come back to bite you at some point now that you're working in baseball? Yeah, it worked out pretty well actually. <laughs> the people forget quickly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do uh, do guys? Um, uh, I, I never can get a sense of how much um, people in front offices actually read. Um, do they read? Do they read the stuff that's said about them? Do they read the stuff that's said about? Other teams, where where do sort of the boundaries of what gets read and, and what don't get read fall? I mean, is it just the beat stuff or is it just the the stuff, you know, like like I know Mike Fast's thing on catcher framing got read because sure. it was a massive, ma- I mean, it's, you know, it was a humongous, massive thing. But are they reading day to day what's on our site, what's on fan graphs, what's on other other places? Um, if it's about the Astros, yes. Um, no question about it. Yeah, and we actually... I mean, there's an intern who sends us an email every day of like, here's all the stuff that got written about the Astros today. Oh, I used to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. So you know that you've had that gig, mm-hmm. Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like when when Jason's Astros prospect list came out, oh. it got emailed to everybody. You know, the whole front office read that. And if you wrote something, you know, if we made, uh, you know, an analysis of the way of, of the the trade we made with with Wilton, you know, that kind of thing, that would get sent to everybody. If something something happened at Fangraphs or elsewhere. Uh, you know, obviously all the beat stuff like from. Uh, from uh, you know Brian McTaggart, who's our MLB.com guy, uh, and and Brian, who's our, our Houston Chronicle guy, like all that stuff gets sent to us. Uh, after that, you're kind of on your own. Um, we do get 
a, a roundup every day of kind of the news of the day, if you will. You know, here's all the news and the moves and the rumors and stuff like that in one email so we can all kind of scan that. Um, but everyone's reading stuff, certainly, um, you know, catching up. I, I catch up on my lunch generally and, and that kind of stuff. But we are funneled to certain things to make sure we don't miss them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any more substantive questions, Sam? I believe the word is substantive. substantive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been such a, a pronunciation uh, well, person lately. Yeah. The platform the other uh, night. I mispronounce every name that I ever try to say, so I figure I'm gonna I'm gonna get mine on the words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just have one question, um, and it, it also has to do with evaluating uh, trades or evaluating moves. Um, there's um, there's a sort there's a sort of an idea out there that teams know their prospects best, and because of that, there's I think a, a little bit of a tendency to defer to teams, uh, you know, somewhat not not entirely, but somewhat if they trade a prospect, you consider it significant information. But we live in such an age of information with guys like you out there writing about these things. Um, And certainly with 29 teams scouting heavily. Um, So I just wanted to know um, how much of an advantage a team really has when it comes to their own prospects and whether that advantage sort of uh, lessens the higher up the system you go and the higher uh, prospects profile gets? Uh, I would say the advantage is actually pretty massive um, if you're doing it right. I think it's one of the important, most important things you can do as a, as in an organization is know your own system better than anybody else. That That's absolutely imperative to running a good baseball operation. And I mean, that's the thing. We have so many data points. That's my phone. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But we have so many data points on all of our guys. Um, you know, we obviously have all the data, but we also have, you know, for every game they play, we have game reports. We have all of their coaches and managers who, and this is where this is where this this kind of the separating factor is just the fact that we know the kid a heck of a lot better than anybody could, because we've spent, you know, we spend six to se- six to eight months a year with the kid every day. And we see what the kids like. We see how hard the kid works. And we see how the kid works with coaching. And we see how the kid's progressing. And we see what the kid's getting better at. And we see what the kid's going to get better at. And we see what the kid's not going to get better at. And you know, we have more data. We have more looks. If you think about, you know, you're staying like even a smaller minor league team, which has, you know, a manager and a, and a hitting coach and a pitching coach. That's when you add that all up. You know, that's 430 looks at a player over the course of a minor league season, just those three guys. And so we have way more information on those players and we need to process that information right. But yeah, it's it's a huge advantage, especially on those kind of things that maybe don't get measured especially well on a data level in the sense that we know the kid. Um, and, and that kind of stuff is, is really important when evaluating your own players. Sort of surprising any trade happens then. <laughs> you know, I mean, having experienced my first trade while well, well, in Nashville, it's it's the, the watching the mechanics of it is, is pretty remarkable. Um, and it's and it's, it's it's scary and it's very easy to, you know, you think about, you know, when you play fantasy baseball or played fantasy baseball and these decisions you'd make and I'd actually really fret over them. Um this is real and you know and and even for the smallest of moves if you just think about big league minimum for a second you know if if jeff looks me in the eye and said hey should we get player x and i say yes i'm saying 
why, yes, Houston Astros, you should invest half a million dollars into this player. You know, and it's it's again, it's it's something that, that you have to pause a little bit and you better feel really good about saying yes or saying no. So when I asked you to write something about a prospect uh, and I looked you in the eye and said, Kevin, <laughs> can you write something about this prospect for me? It was not quite as momentous a moment it for did, you. Yeah, it, it was. It didn't feel as heavy. Ben. Uh, I just, yeah. OK. Um, Okay, I guess if we've talked about the the serious business, then I I suppose we should bring back the up and in segment, everyone's favorite segment. Oh, just let it go away. No, we we are bringing it back uh, because people will be mad at us if we don't, I think. Um, (laughs) You can make a point, though. You can make a point. See, you guys reached 100 way quicker than we did, obviously. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, normally... because you go every day, and I think that's a good. I think it's. I think the show is really good. I, I do enjoy the show. I listen to it. And, but, you know, I, I think it's good. See, you shouldn't ask this. I think it's good that you've established your own thing. Hmm. You've established your own brand, and you're your own thing. I don't think you should call to the past. But I've I've got something prepared. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Normally, our, actually, our podcast is. That, which is more proof that you actually are doing your own thing. <laughs> Our podcast is so everything. short that there's just not normally enough time to get thirsty while we're sure, no, uh, So, Sam, are you are you drinking right now? I have a uh, I have a cup of tea. <laughs> what what what's, what sort of tea? It's decaf Earl Grey. Uh huh. Decaf. <laughs> well, it's almost Sam's bedtime. Wow. So. Uh, you should drink some sleepy time tea. <laughs> I just said that because I really enjoy saying sleepy time tea. <laughs> well, I am drinking some red wine. Uh, it, it is called Bully Hill wine. Uh, it is from the Finger Lakes region of New York. Uh, mm. And it is a unique, mellow, easy drinking wine with subtle fruit. So it, it seems like a Kevin Goldstein choice. And a, yeah, with subtle fruit. But and, wine is fruit. I mean, right, it's a, true. And a soft finish. Uh, and it is, it's recommended that you enjoy it with steak or pasta, which I'm not doing. What'd you have for dinner? Uh, I had some Thai food for dinner. Yeah, you probably got the wrong wine with that. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but it, it does include a, a spectrum from dry to sweet, like a, a sort of indicator that you can look at to see where it falls along that line. And it is right smack in the middle. So it's a middle-of-the-road wine. Uh, and this is something that my... Girlfriend is a, a big fan of. It is very popular in Syracuse, New York, where she is from. Where they can't find better wine. <laughs> right. And <laughs> it, it retails for, for uh, six-something dollars. Um, but it recently was hiked to seven-something dollars, so we stocked up uh, so as not to pay the, the new price. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Kevin Goldstein, what are you drinking? I just have a Coca-Cola. I did have a steak tonight, though. Huh. Should have got some of that wine you had, but no, I'm just drinking a Coke. I'm not, it's, it's, it's boring. I mean, it, I, it's not always boring. You're actually past my bedtime now. How amazing is that? Yeah, you're a whole... Remember the, yeah, remember like the 2 a.m. tweet store? I, like, I get started like 8, 8.30 now. Oof. Like 8.30 is probably my average starting time. Wow. Like on a day at home. That's a big adjustment. Like eight thirty, give or take twenty minutes. I, yeah, it's it's that's that's an that's an interesting way to go. Didn't you didn't you go off Coca Cola? Didn't you give that up? Have you? Yeah, I you know I did at times, but it's kind of snuck back in. Mm-hmm. Well, you need some caffeine at eight thirty. And I think that's the, that's the biggest problem is I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Or t- I don't drink tea. Well, you should have some sleepy time tea. Or I have a genuine disdain for hot beverages. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we're done here. <laughs> that was fascinating, I'm sure, for everybody. <laughs> I don't know how we're supposed to follow this. We could quit now, or you could just come back every subsequent episode. Uh, well, you know, I'll be happy to come on, on your 500th episode. Oh, I was going to ask for a thousandth. I'll do that. I'll do that. The longer, the better. I'll do a thousand. Okay. Well, that sounds good. By the <laughs> way, we 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 don't uh, promote our podcast very much, unlike Kevin Goldstein, who uh, who promoted his own podcast <laughs> tirelessly. Um, but every hundred episodes or so, I guess we could say something about it. If you, I've been asked. To, I've been asked. So this is how this is how it works. At you know, once you're. One of the weirder things about doing what I do now is actually work for a company now, like a big company with, you know, departments and, and HR and, and PR people. And like, um, like I had to, like you wanted to interview me, I had to, I had to make sure it was okay with our, with our, our media guys, Gene. Ask you that. How many, how many hoops did you have to jump through? To- I, had to, I had to like jump through a few hoops. Yes. I had to get like a reel from Gene. I had to let Jeff know. And then um, like the person who runs our Twitter account wanted to know, hey, can I tweet about it? So it's going to get tweeted like out of the Astros Twitter account. Oh, wow. Wow. When my pressure's on, man. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, it's that kind of stuff. You're like, uh, oh, wait, what? And then, so yeah, so Kelly George, who like runs our our Twitter stuff, was like, well, I, I'll tweet it from the Astros account. Let me know when you're going to tweet it. I'll just retweet it. And you're like, like, oh yeah. And it's just all this little stuff. You're like, oh yeah, I work for a, like a a big organized company that does stuff like that. What are you saying about the baseball prospectus? Nothing that's embarrassing. I mean, how many of the, it's, you know, it's, we were, I mean, you know, we were all, it's, I think it's a secret. We were all kind of, you know, professional freelancers in our own way. Mm-hmm. And you do get like this, weird, like, you know, all this kind of stuff gets taken care of for you. And it's, it's strange to adjust to. It was like, you know, when we went to Nashville, our traveling secretary, just like, Kevin, this is your flight. And Kevin, here's your hotel. And Kevin, here's how you will get from the airport to the hotel. And like stuff just gets given to you and, and, and taken care of. That must be nice. um, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, before obviously, you know, we used to take care of all that stuff ourselves, and so um, you, you, it, it still at times kind of jars me. Like, oh yeah, that, that someone's going to want to know about that and do that. Well, I was just going to say the the small housekeeping segment, and you could probably do this better than I could. Uh, but if you would like to rate and review us on iTunes, where most of you listen to us, that would be helpful to us. Uh, because we can see how many of you listen, and quite a lot of you listen, and many more of you listen than have ever rated or reviewed us. You guys because good. we've never we've never once we, asked. We have never. So, I mean, we're not blaming you. So this is the first time they're hearing about it. They didn't even know this was an option. Uh, but now that you know, if you can go to iTunes and rate and review us, it will make us seem more popular, and more people will want to listen to us. And the iTunes, me. right? Or do you? I expect this to be our biggest, our biggest episode ever. I would think. <laughs> See, that's the problem. See, it's, you, people are going to say, "Oh, that must be the biggest episode ever," and then they're going to hear this. <laughs> well, we've got your thirty-one thousand plus Twitter followers are aware of it now, which is impressive, by the way. You've you've held on to your I, your yeah, Twitter base, I, I, which makes me assume. Because basically, all you know, I can't, I, you know, I can't tweet about baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, every once in a while, I'll tweet like what I'm cooking, or I'll actually just kind of use it as kind of a a an open air IM device. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and yet people don't leave. 
<laughs> I would leave me in a second on Twitter. I mean, it's, it's completely, unless you want to see pictures of what I'm cooking or like watch me talk to, to, to Mike Farron or Jorge. It's just, it's almost useless to you, but people, people stick around. Well, I think the nostalgia is, is I'll try to figure out some way to, to, to help them out in the end. Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess we're done. Uh, those of you who sent us questions to be answered in this episode, sorry, we didn't answer any of them. It was Kevin's fault. Uh, we will get to them tomorrow and you can still send us some at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. And thank you, Kevin. This was great. Thanks guys. It was good talking to you. We, I do miss you. Yes, we miss you too. And we will talk to you again sometime.